Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So, you want to be a big shot. You want to travel the world. You want to be a leader. You want to be an elected official and meet other elected officials and sign deals and have your photo taken. Well, sometimes you have to have dinner with them as well. And our president, uh, Joe Biden, well, Joe and Jill were up in Canada last week and uh, they had to have dinner with Justin and what's his wife's name? Sophie, uh, the Trudeaus. And they were having dinner in, uh, in Canada. And uh, we have the menu from their Friday night dinner. Man, does it make me want to be a world leader. So the first course was cedar salt and seaweed crusted rare seared East Coast yellowfin tuna. Then white bean hummus, cucumber, pickled radish, and bittered greens. Flaxseed cracker and lemon parsley emulsion. Oh, man, does that sound good. Now let's get let's bring on the main course, shall we? Alberta beef braised Al, I'm sorry. Alberta beef braised short rib. Butternut squash puree and Yukon gold potato pave. Wildflower honey roasted carrots and fine green beans. Peely Island Cabernet Sauvignon juice. And then how about dessert? I mean the main course. Uh, how full are you now, though? I mean <laughs> I mean, you're almost too stuffed, but it's time for dessert. Wild blueberry and Quebec maple mousse cake, screech rum caramel and sweet grass meringue, fresh berries. Man, you walk away from that meal stuffed. Because when you fill up on the cedar salt and seaweed crusted rare seared East Coast yellowfin tuna, which actually doesn't sound too bad if I'm being honest. I don't know about the Alberta beef braised short rib, maybe, but the rest of it, woof, man. <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. I'm good. Are you sure you don't want any white bean hummus, cucumber, pickled radish, and bitter greens? No, no, no. I'm good. Thanks. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So a family in Spain has sued the hospital because the hospital screwed up the in vitro fertilization. They put the wrong sperm into this lady and she gave birth to the baby. Then they said, hey, you know, this child's appearance really doesn't look like us. Yeah, well, you know, we screwed up. Uh, we put in the, we put the wrong sperm. You, so you're the, you're not the dad and, uh, you're the mother of the child, obviously, but your husband is not the dad and yeah, it was wrong. Sorry about it. (laughs) That's not funny at all. Now the family has filed a complaint with the hospital saying that the mistake 
had caused very serious and irreparable moral damage. They say that uh, the lawsuit is saying that the error has destroyed the father's dream of having a biological child with his wife, saying the ordeal will also have an incalculable added emotional and personal impact on the family in the future. The mother is also said to be experiencing anguish after carrying a stranger's child instead in uh, instead of her husband's. So they're suing for a million dollars, um, which is I guess eight hundred eighty-four thousand euros or whatever they whatever money they use in Spain. Um, this would be a lot more than a million dollars for me. <laughs> Uh, just, I think the hospital should pay them a million dollars for the screw up and then continue to pay them a million dollars for the next 20 years, you know, for the kid. But I mean, they did get a kid out of the deal. It's just the wrong one. So whatever, whatever kind of money, uh, you know, tokens they use in Spain, I believe they're part of the European union. So they're using euros, but, uh, whatever money they're using, they should be paying these people a whole lot of money. Sorry, we gave you the wrong sperm. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you do that in today's world, but uh, it would really—I would not want to be these people. Plus, they've got—they've got this child. I feel terrible for the child because they obviously the mother—you know—obviously that's a stranger's is the father, but she's still the mother of the child, and so she's got to have some kind of love for this baby, right? And just what a horrible situation. A million dollars or euros is not enough. If you listen to the show, you know, I love geography. I'm not very good at it. I know places where places are on the planet. <laughs> I, I like geography, but I also like the National Geographic, the GOB. And, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. And these kids are so smart and they know so much about the planet. It's unbelievable. Well, that competition is now going to be, uh, permanently discontinued by the National Geographic. The GOB competition, uh, is over. They want to replace it with a more equitable participation, adding that it's increased focus on racial injustice, challenge us to find new ways to engage young people. What? I mean, it's just amazing. So the National Geographic is attempting to shift focus away from friendly competition among Americans toward global activism. Oh, good. The outlet claimed it wants to establish a new generation of solution seekers from around the world who can confront our century's most pressing challenges, including COVID-19 and racial injustice. National Geographic even alluded to environmental activism and perhaps so-called climate change when it claimed that such solution seekers could ultimately help protect our planet. Huh. Now, this started back in 1989, and Alex Trebek was the host. I just watched um, an old clip of the final segment from 2007, by which a young girl won it, by the way. I know that in the last 10 years... It has been uh, a male-driven, non-white winners, okay? I don't care. 
Uh, I don't care who wins. I enjoy watching it. It's fun. I just watched the end of the last one. The last two were canceled. Um, I watched the end of the 2019 National Geographic GOB with uh, Mo Roca as the host. And he's okay. I mean, he's not Alex Trebek, but he's okay. He does, he does fine. And I watched the last segment, and these two kids, uh, the uh, sixth grader from Massachusetts, Atreya Malana, and uh, an eighth grader from Texas, Nahar Janga, who was awesome. Now, Nahar won it. It was really fun to watch. It was I, I, almost, I almost want to play it for you because it was so much fun. And the Alex Trebek one is awesome. Uh, the, the B from 2007 and Alex even uh, points out as uh, we're coming down to the wire about it, the young girl being a girl. <laughs> I don't know that you could pull that off today, but it makes you miss Alex Trebek. I mean, that was way back in 2007. I mean, what kind of life did we have in 2007? Certainly way different than the life we have now. I mean, that was at least one or two lifetimes ago for me. I mean, holy cow, 2007. What were you doing in 2007? So anyway, congratulations to the National Geographic for being so inclusive and understanding that we need to cancel this event because this this is going to give us an opportunity to reimagine geographic education entirely. <laughs> oh, okay. So the reimagined curriculum uh, doesn't include competition. Um, okay, no problem. It's really, really weird. I mean, they suggest that the move... Now, they don't, they're saying that they want equity, right? But, well, you could probably make the case that the cancellation was racially or ethnically motivated as young males of Asian descent seem to dominate the competition for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. So you could make that case and one could almost believe it. Uh, it's amazing to me that they're going to they're going to cancel this event. It's unbelievable. It's so much fun to watch, and the questions are unbelievable. Uh, you know, I watch it and you get the answer, and you're like, "Well, of course that's the answer, duh." Even uh, there's no way. Like the uh, the question for the winner in 2019 that won the contest for him was uh, one third. Of Norway's northernmost county is located on what plateau? And and uh, Mo Roca is always like, I'll repeat the question. One third of Norway's northernmost county is located on what plateau? And you have, I think, twelve seconds. And Nihar, the kid from Texas, the eighth grader from Texas, knew that it was the Finnmark Plateau. And the other kid, what a, a loser, didn't know that it was the Finnmark Plateau. <laughs> I don't know that I could have ever told you that it was the Finnmark Plateau, but it's really, really funny when you get the answers and you realize, oh man, that's what it's called. Or yeah, I remember it was called that. So uh, I, you know, I think that it was, it's a fun event. And yes, people have to, you know, memorize encyclopedias and almanacs and atlases and whatever other resources we have. But to go up there and you do this battle on your own from your own brain is amazing. And to have that canceled because of equity, agonizing. Agonizing National Geographic. Agonizing. 
All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. So if you've used the internet <laughs> ever, you know what a GIF is, right? It's a, you know, the graphics interchange format, G-I-F, pronounced GIF, J-I-F, okay? It's a lossless format for image files that supports both animated and static images. Uh, thank you. And you use it to share your feelings or if you're acting surprised or, you know, it's a stupid thing. Uh, that you use on social media, right? I mean, there's Tyra Banks exploding in anger. There's uh, Kimberly Sweet Brown Wilkins, who I love, by the way. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. I have a new one for you on Friday too, and <laughs> I'm gonna go through some of the uh, some of the comments. Uh, awesome. Anyway, uh, news reporting. Uh, I love the sound bites from uh, on the street reporting and the news. And Sweet Kimberly Sweet Brown is one of them. Uh, ain't nobody got time for that. Uh, DRG? Anyway, and you have RuPaul declaring, girl, well, if you're white and you've used any of those images, uh, that is uh, an insidious form of contemporary racism. Yeah, I bet you didn't know that, did you? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, digital blackface is a practice where white people co-opt online expressions of black imagery slang, catchphrases, or culture to convey comic relief or express emotions. Oh, okay. Uh, digital blackface involves white people play acting at being black, says Lauren Michelle Jackson, an author and cultural critic in an essay for Teen Vogue. So all this for an essay in Teen Vogue. Okay, uh, Lauren, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Yes, you got published in Teen, Teen Vogue. Congratulations, good for you. But <laughs> she says that the internet thrives on white people laughing at exaggerated displays of blackness. Reflecting a tendency among some to see black people as a walking hyperbole. If you're still not sure how to define digital blackface, Jackson offers a guide. She says it includes displays of emotion stereotyped as excessive. So happy, so sassy, so ghetto, so loud. Our dial is on 10 all the time. Rarely are black characters afforded subtle traits or feelings. Which, by the way, I do not believe that to be true. But uh, many, I don't believe any of this to be yet true, as a matter of fact. But I'm, I'm with you, Lauren. I'm following along with your little plan here. Many white people choose images of black people when it comes to expressing exaggerated emotions on social media. A burden that black people didn't ask for. It's a burden. It's a burden. Okay. Um, I just want to say that uh, this is unbelievable. And we are, is it, this is just another way to divide us. And I'm not sure why uh, Lauren Michelle Jackson hates white people, but I'm pretty sure that uh, Lauren Michelle Jackson does, even though she hasn't written an essay, essay in Teen Vogue saying why I hate white people. This could be why I hate white people. Uh, due to her blackface, digital blackface, because of a GIF that you use. It's absolutely agonizing. Another thing that's agonizing is you're going to hear more and more calls to ban guns uh, because of the shooting in Nashville yesterday that left uh, three children and three adults killed. 
by one shooter who is also dead, shot by police. Um, the 28-year-old former student of the school who was a transgender person. I, I, I don't I guess that's relevant. But uh, she went to the school. He went to she. He went to the school. Uh, it was a he transitioning to a female, uh, 28 years old. Uh, two assault-style rifles and a handgun. Had a written manifesto. Drawn detailed maps of the school before the attack. Um, the six victims have been identified. Three were nine years old. Just so sad. Evelyn uh, Dykhaus, D-I-E-C-K-H-A-U-S. Uh, Haley Scruggs and William Kinney. All nine years old. So sad. And the adults in their 60s, Cynthia Peake, Mike Hill, and Catherine Kuntz, who I believe was the head of the school, Catherine um, lost their lives as well. Uh, very sad and uh, just horrific uh, going on in, in the elementary school. I, I can imagine. I, I don't even want to pretend to imagine what these parents are going through. Um, even the ones that still have their children alive. Um, anyway, uh, we will all hear how horrible guns are. Uh, we won't hear that we need uh, more help in our mental health world. We won't hear that. What we will hear is that we need to get rid of guns. Um, it's just agonizing to me that uh, out of this sad, sad situation that we don't actually look at what could possibly be causing the problem. It's certainly, in my view, in my humble opinion, is not the guns. Okay, so what is going on at the TSA? What's happening? What's happening at the TSA? I'm not a fan of the TSA, but what is going on? So yesterday, we had a story about a TSA agent who made a traveler sob because, according to the traveler, this trans woman at JFK Airport had the TSA agent hit her testicles. <laughs> That's not funny. I'm not, I'm not laughing. Okay. So she posted saying the uh, TSA agent uh, berated them for their identity and that they were still physically recovering from the encounter. She claimed that the TSA agent yelled at me for having a penis and that my balls hurt so bad. <laughs> I just, I don't believe that. I'm sorry. I don't believe that. However, uh, the story continues saying that uh, Mara, the person we we're talking about who was claiming to be injured uh, and was being berated, uh, said she doesn't want the agent to lose their job and hopes that they learn from the situation. Right. I don't want the TSA agent that hurt me fired. Uh, I want her educated and the entirety of the TSA abolished altogether. So I don't want the TSA agent to lose her job, but I do want the TSA altogether to be shut down, and that would in turn cause the TSA agent to lose her job. I'm not necessarily opposed to uh, the TSA being abolished, but uh, I'm not sure what would we do in place of the TSA because there's no way that we would ever get rid of the TSA now. I mean, that's a that's a government entity. No way. I don't know if you know this or not, but once government entities become established, they never go away, ever. Then I get a story from uh, out in California, John Wayne Airport. According to NFL player Sebastian Joseph Day, he plays for the San Diego Chargers, he claims he was sexually assaulted 
by a TSA agent at John Wayne, Air, John Wayne Airport in California. I just got sexually assaulted by a TSA at John Wayne Air after I asked the gentleman to please stop because I'm uncomfortable and I feel that this part of the check is unnecessary. After he felt what was needed, then they told me I was the problem after three TSA agents swarmed me. Yeah, I mean, if you start complaining, that's a problem. Uh, you can't say anything, which is they have the power. It's agonizing. I'm all for people doing their job well, but it was extremely unnecessary and dehumanizing. I travel a lot for personal and work reasons. I've never experienced anything like it. And when do I try to file a complaint? They are making me jump through hoops to do so. Oh, oh isn't that interesting? Uh, yeah, sure, you can file a complaint over there. No, that's closed. Go over there. Uh, you send an email here. Oh, that got kicked back. No, you have to send it to this person. The Los Angeles Chargers player also explained that he was not posting about the incident in a bid for sympathy, but in order to ensure that those involved will never be permitted to treat anyone else the same way. Oh, well, that's special. Uh, I appreciate that. So what's going on at the TSA? I, I didn't necessarily believe that the trans person in uh, New York at John F.K. was telling me the truth about having, <laughs> having her testicles hit by a TSA agent. And just uh, think about the whole thing for just a moment. I just want to stop for just a moment and think about the absurdity of what we're living in today. Okay. Uh, actually, what the, the Sebastian Joseph Day is actually a male saying that he got sexually assaulted by a TSA agent. Uh, he doesn't say whether the TSA agent was male or female. I don't think he ever says that in any of his posts. Just calls them TSA agents. So uh, we've all been felt up by TSA agents, or at least I have anyway. Uh, no question. I've seen people bypassed extra security and other people got the super security from the TSA that made no sense. I've seen at one time I wanted to speak up, in fact, and say, what are we doing? We just let these people through and you're checking this little kid with their family. Are you kidding me? And I was told, don't do that. We have travel to do and I don't want to start a fight at the airport. So I kept my mouth shut. I probably shouldn't have. But uh, that was the, the last that particular uh, time was pre social media or I would have definitely posted it on social media. So, you know, now we're getting people, uh, you know, getting felt up all over the country. But back to the absurdity of what I was talking about when we have a uh, male who feels that they are a female, but they're upset that the TSA agent has hit their man parts. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
All right, those of you in uh, Philadelphia area, quit your whining. Okay, the water's fine. Shut up. Nothing to worry about. All right, I don't want to hear it anymore. I know you were all panicked buying bottled water over the weekend, and I'm sick of it, okay? The officials have already said they're going to continue to monitor the situation, so you're fine. (laughs) I did not even know this happened. So a pipe burst near a manufacturing plant in Philadelphia, spilling about 8,100 gallons of finishing solution into the Delaware River, which is a main source of water for Philadelphia. Now, apparently residents were like, finishing solution, we don't want to drink that. (laughs) I really kind of don't blame them. So officials say, hey, we're looking good. We're fine. It's okay to drink from the city's tap water. Oh, okay. Well, sure. Thank you. Thumbs up to you. Thumbs up to you few other headlines to uh, get you through the day. Um, uh, I see where California ski resorts are dealing with climate change and they don't know how to deal with it. Oh, you know what? They do. They've gotten so much snow. They're going to go ahead and stay open through June. So if you want to ski at the California ski resorts, you're, ge- you're good through June. Okay. We're not going to close down. There's way too much snow. So come on and ski. <laughs> That's special. And who knows, the people at Disney may have some free time uh, to go skiing. They're going to uh, lay off another 7,000 jobs. So I'm not sure if those particular jobs at Disney are the ski resort types, but they may have time to go to those ski resorts in California. And depending on which Disney you you work at, obviously, I got it. But the layoffs are coming this week, according to Bob Iger. Oh. Well, isn't that special? So things, I guess, are not going as well as expected at Disney. Uh, Even though they're busy celebrating uh, more LGBTQ days uh, in Disney Orlando. So you continue. You continue to stop liking regular families at Disney, okay? (laughs) You guys go ahead and do that. Uh, Another uh, business that is struggling right now is Lyft. And they're blaming the CEO and the president for them taking a, a dive. So the Lyft founders uh, will step down from their CEO and president roles. And they're going to step down from the day-to-day running of the company as it struggles to keep up with rival Uber. I will say the last time that uh, Uber was used in my uh, world... Uh, the price had skyrocketed. It was amazing how expensive it was. And I decided, eh, you know what? I'm not going to Uber anymore. So we'll see. Uh, and it actually wasn't me. It was my son. But he was telling me how much it cost for him to Uber someplace. And I was like, holy cow. Because it wasn't too long ago when he used the Uber and it cost him 10 bucks. And the next time he Ubered from that same particular uh, establishment, it was 30 And I realized time of day difference. I got it. I got all the variances, but that is outrageous for it to be that much higher. 
And if you think protests don't work, uh, you would be wrong. They were protesting big time in Israel. And I made an offhand joke on Pat's show. I think we talked about it on the air. But they were protesting over a judge. But it was a judicial overhaul that uh, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu uh, and Benjamin Netanyahu said, you know what, he's going to postpone the con- controversial judicial overhaul uh, to avoid a civil war. Yeah, I mean, it was amazing the footage of how many people were in the streets uh, protesting on this judicial overhaul. It, was, it really was some incredible footage. So he's going to uh, delay his plan to bring the country's judiciary more under the ruling party's power until it could be debated during the next parliamentary session in April. There were a decision to strike and mass protest. So the announced, the leader of Israel's largest trade union said that it would call off the general strike by its 800,000 members. So people need to get back to work. Uh, your protest worked and there's not going to be a big overhaul, at least until we have a fight in the uh, parliament in April. Okay. So calm down, get off the streets. I guess Harry is feeling comfortable. Remember, he had a problem going back to the United Kingdom for his safety, but he's there. He showed up in a London court on Monday. Uh, Prince Harry was there. Uh, Elton John and his hubby were there. They've got the, uh, the case going on at the High Court in London. It is the uh, case on uh, phone hacking and other invasions of privacy uh, brought with several other high-profile people. Um, against uh, the uh, Associated Newspaper Limited, which publishes the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday, commissioned the breaking and entering into private property, engaging in unlawful acts that included hiring private investigators to bug homes, cars, and record private phone conversations. They uh, were the victim of numerous unlawful acts carried out by the defendant and those acting on the instructions of its newspapers. Pretty incredible, um, if it if this is if it's all true. Uh, Elton and Hubby were there. They showed up apparently after lunch break, hung out for a little while, bolted. Um, Harry showed up uh, for the beginning, and he stayed there all day. Took a few notes, hung out in the back, then he left. I guess he's. I don't know if he's going to be there every day. The case is supposed to go on. I think it's be before the high court uh, all week. So he's in town, and I don't know if Megan's there. There's no report of Megan and the kids being there. If Harry's on his own, uh, Bill, I'm sorry, Prince William, uh, the next king of England, uh, you need to get over there and get the ball rolling for Harry to get rid of Megan. Okay, you need to stop with all this other BS, just bypass everything, and go in the back door. And talk to your brother, okay? Don't tell your dad. Don't tell what's your face. You know, your stepmom, Camilla. (laughs) Don't tell your wife, Kate. Just get over there and talk to Harry and start breaking down that barrier so that he can get rid of Megan and we can move on with the Royals, okay? I know, you don't want to hear it, but I'm just telling you that's what needs to happen, all right? And I see where Gwyneth Paltrow's case is still going on. I don't think she's going to win. Uh, The guy took the stand yesterday, the uh, optometrist, and he, I don't know that he was, look, I'm just reading it. I didn't see his testimony, 
but he said he saw a whole lot of snow. I didn't see the sky, but I was flying. Um, this was Terry Sanderson, the 76 year old retired optometrist calling the impact a serious smack. And he's had problems uh, remembering things. He's suing for more than $300,000. I just feel like Gwyneth should have just paid this guy off and said sorry. Even if, I mean, his story is exactly opposite of hers, right? Now, there is footage, apparently, from his side that uh, is a cam. Uh, there's There's not footage of the accident, but there's footage of the group. And in that footage, the guy that actually testified... Uh, for Sanderson said that uh, on the day of the crash that Paltrow had crashed into Sanderson said that on you know on the tape so we'll see um, I don't know I just feel like for 300,000 if I'm on the jury I'm like gonna pay the guy all right uh, whatever happened uh, uh I know, I know, I got it. She's standing firm, and it's, gosh darn it, I mean it. And I don't want to pay him. All right, fine, do what you got to do. But it doesn't make you look good. Uh, No matter what the deal is, it doesn't make you look good, especially if you're going to stick to your, I'm sticking to my guns. Gosh darn it, he hit me. Did he, though? Did he? So the brother of Aaron Hernandez, the NFL player who ended up uh, being found guilty and killing himself, his brother, Dennis, was just arrested for allegedly throwing a brick at ESPN headquarters. Huh. Now, the brick was in a plastic bag with a note on it. Interesting. It was a handwritten note addressed to all media outlets. Huh. Okay, so apparently he took an Uber to ESPN. They wouldn't let him in the gates, and he threw a brick. All right, so what did the note say? The note said to all media outlets, this is what the cops say the note said, it's about time you all realize, R-E-A-L-I's, E-Y-E-S, the effect media has on all family members. Since you're a worldwide leader, maybe you could lead how media and messages are delivered brick by brick. Clean it up. The note was reportedly signed. Yours truly, Dennis J. Hernandez. Because when you're going to make a note and throw it with a brick in a plastic bag, you want to be nice. (laughs) Uh, Dear to all media outlets. Okay, so uh, the security officer said... uh, he was 90% positive. He threw down the brick. Uh, he was the older brother of Aaron Hernandez. He was a football player as well. Uh, he did not answer any of their questions. He was arrested, cited with misdemeanor breach of peace, and released with a court date. He was also told he is barred from setting foot on ESPN's campus again. He was threatening to throw bricks at both, ES- bricks at both ESPN and the state capitol building. Uh, okay. So I'm not quite sure what that means. I mean, I think, you know, uh, we know that Aaron was, uh, you know, a bad guy. We know that he was a great football player, but he had some serious issues. Um, And so I'm not sure 
what that has to do with anything. Although I will say that Aaron was to have, you know, big CTE issues and perhaps, perhaps again, and this is just me, uh, thinking out loud, perhaps again, it wasn't all CTE that was causing the Hernandez issue. Perhaps it was some sort of other mental instability that is part of the family tree. But again, what do I know? Be sure to follow me on Twitter at JeffyJFR. Facebook and Instagram is Jeff Fisher Radio. You can follow me on YouTube, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. You can order a cameo from me. Uh, that's not free, but uh, at JeffyJFR is uh, the cameo address. You can uh, always email the show, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. I read all your emails. I don't comment about all of them, but I do read them all. Like this one from Nate, who said, I had another idea for the Chewing the Fat subscriber rule uh, to help spread the fat. Okay, so uh, I'm not big on you know making new rules and regulations, but we'll see. Uh, he's the one that said that he came up with what are you watching idea, by the way. Well, I mean, it was kind of similar to what you're listening to, but I appreciate it, Nate. I'm not downplaying what you did. Thank you. Uh, you know, if someone asks what you're watching, you say Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Fine idea. If you want to do that, that's great. The, the, the original rule and uh, a guiding principle of Chewing the Fat is if someone asks you, hey, what are you listening to? As a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you must say Chewing the Fat. Okay, so anyway... Uh, I think if you need to talk to someone who is wearing headphones, you should say, sorry to bother you. I'm assuming you're listening to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. And then proceed with whatever you're going to ask or say. Actually, Nate, you actually have something here. I like it. I like it a lot. So if uh, this may actually be added to the rule. All right. So if someone asks you, hey, what are you listening to? As a subscriber to Chewing the Fat, you have to say Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I don't care if it's not Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. I mean, obviously it is going to be sometimes since you're a subscriber. But the point is, is that you're getting the word out, right? Uh, You're going to listen to other stuff. We all do. I get it. But your reply must be Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. But I love the idea of giving someone the heads up. (laughs) Ah, Would you want to speak to them if they have headphones on? Hey. And you just look at them with, you know, point that finger like, hey, so they take the headphone out. And as soon as the headphone comes out, I, I sorry to bother you. I know you're probably listening to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. But, uh, well, what's the, the actual line is, hey, sorry to bother you. I'm assuming you're listening to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. But uh, I got to ask you a question. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yes. And Nate goes on to say, 20 stars, best podcast ever. So if you are able to uh, rate and review on whatever platform you are a subscriber to Chewing the Fat on, be sure to rate and review it. 20 stars, best podcast ever. It's part of the deal. It's what you have to do. Then I got another email that I think I, I might do this deal. I never know. I don't know why they continue to send me emails, but they do. And I'm going to have to respond to one of them someday. And this one sounds like the one I might do. All right. The email starts out with hello, all caps. I am ENGR period. I'm guessing that's engineer. Uh, My cola, Andrea, A-N-D-R-I-Y, Andre, Andre, my cola, Andre. I don't know what I'm saying with that. 
I am head of information and technology in a company where I work in Ukraine, and we are three heads of a department who want to combine our resources to invest in housing or another investment zone that can generate more income for us. Our main budget investment is 25 million euros, and we want to invest in real estate in your country. We are taking this drastic decision due to the conflict the president has initiated against us here in Ukraine. And I would like to receive additional information and advice on how to properly invest in residential real estate or any other good business ideas in your country. And then they give me a contact email address to reply. I got to tell you, it sounds like a legitimate business deal. Doesn't it? <laughs> and I love how they space things out in these, like when I'm reading them to you, but like he doesn't spell out engineer, so that it's E-N-G-R period. And then when he gets to initiated us against here in Ukraine with a comma, and then there's one, two, three, four, probably like three or four spaces before he gets to and which is a capital A and and there's which is following a comma which is not capped usually if you're corresponding correctly and there's also uh where some of the words they have an extra space in them so that it just i guess it throws off the algorithms when people are looking for fake emails so that's the way they do it are you saying this stuff is fake well well no, let me say this. It's not fake. I actually read an actual email that was sent to me. It's not fake. But their deal is not real. And when I reply, it's going to let them be able to be inside my system. And you don't want none of that. You really don't. So I joke around about replying to these emails. I hope they continue to come. Uh, I love them. But they're not real. Wait, I said they were. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.